0: Welcome everyone to episode number twenty-five of the Panenka View Podcast. Yes, you heard me right. It's the twenty-fifth episode the silver jubilee of the Panenka View podcast. Well, we started three months back. Down the line we have recorded some fun episodes, but this one special and joining me in the studio is Supratim Gupta Supro. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing pretty well. Absolutely,
0: absolutely buzzing. Still buzzing after the London Derby, to be very honest. And uh, the way we performed, (laughs) the way we performed, is uh, absolutely breathtaking. Like you, you don't know what to expect from Arsenal, do you? (laughs) They turned up, and uh, let's talk about. uh, Let's give the viewers first what we're going to do on today's episode. And what we are going to do on today's episode is we are going to review the games from the weekend and give you a preview on the FA Cup games, a small one, the build up to Arsenal versus Man United being the main one. And then just talk about a few issues here and there. So guys, uh, as you all know, Arsenal beat Chelsea. Supro, what impressed you the most from Unai Emery's tactics or the overall performance of the team?
1: Uh, You know, Unai Emery came to us with the reputation that he was very meticulous with his uh, studying of the opponents and he was very meticulous about how his team should play the game and uh, last night we saw that against Chelsea that he studied Chelsea so pretty well he knew that Jorginho was the main fulcrum point for all the attacks that take place and he made sure that he played a system that marks Jorginho out of the game and I think also for the first time we saw that he understood the limitations of his centre-backs, that they cannot uh, play a high line because they don't have that pace to cause the spaces behind them. So, he played a low block in the second half after having a pressing game in the first half. And Unai Emery really impressed me in this game because he showed exactly what we brought him for. Mm. For all the reputation that he, had, that he has from his time in Sevilla, in Valencia, and mm. in Paris and Germain. Mm. He showed that last night versus Chelsea.
0: Absolutely. we all, we all The build-up to the last two games haven't been that constructive to be honest with the manager coming out and saying that the, they don't have the transfer budget and they will go for loan deals or yeah. and then the build up to this game was Ozil the Sven Mislintad situation and Mislintat leaving the club well uh, uh, you t- we spoke about the tactics there were two different tactics at pressing in the first half deep block in the second and we played to our strengths. Kosheli uh, strength, obviously, but Supro Bellarin got injured, and no. that was so horrific to hear because uh, the seeing that he came back just that day and then to go off on a lengthy it's LCL by the way, it's a quad rupture, so quad step muscle rupture. So it looks like six to nine months out, that means that he might miss the entire year almost, like he might come back towards the end of October, which means that he's out for the season. So you have Rob Holding who is out, you have Hector Bellerin who is out. We are already short on defensive uh, duties and then this crisis <laughs> and it's not getting better for us. So how do you see us approach in the last 8 days of the transfer market?
1: Yeah, it's a very big blow for Arsenal because Hector Bellerin is definitely our best fullback in the, in the squad. And the entire right side depends on him and now that he is gone, we have to play Maitland Niles over there or maybe Leicester or even maybe Jenkinson because and I very clearly mentioned in his post-match press conference that he hasn't forgot, forgotten Jenkinson yet. Absolutely. So let's see, let's see, maybe Arsenal might sign a uh, right-back on, on a loan deal because mm. I hear that the Dennis Suarez deal is off now. Mm. Arsenal mm. and mm-hmm. Barcelona yeah, ha- da- haven't agreed on a transfer fee
0: in the summer. So
1: let's see, we, we are supposed to take two players on loan. And I hope one of them is a centre back or a right back. At least.
0: Absolutely, and the, you know this uh, about signings. If we are talking about signings, let's talk about our chief scout leaving. Yeah. And uh, you know he's been a he's he's also a polarizing figure. He's a bit of a person who is that who believes in chaos. <laughs> you know, so he it's mm. it's Sven Mislintat mislentat with his jeans going to bars and. Uh, hanging out with people, that's how he builds relations. I'm not saying that's bad, I'm just saying that you know there's order and there's chaos, and he's always been that chaos. So, do you think Asna are the management is in crisis at the moment, or should he have been appointed the technical director? You know, it depends because I feel that a Swayan
1: Mislindad situation is basically based on false promises made by I- I- Ivan Gazidis before he left for AC Milan because when Sven so Mislintat was brought into the club he was told that he would be the technical director in the in the club and after being the head of recruitment under Arsene Wenger because once Arsene Wenger left then he would have a promotion he would have a bigger role in the club but I guess when even Gazidis left that situation changed because Raul Sanelli clearly views Sven Mislintat simply as the head of recruitment he wanted a different uh, personality for the technical director role and there are also rumours that Sven Mislintat was kind of a lone wolf where He did not believe in taking the whole scouting network together together for scouting good players. He preferred to do the work on his own. Mm, And he also didn't connect. He was also very good in communication with the upper chiefs in the club. So, maybe there are a lot of factors. We can't just blade the club and pinpoint that certain individuals that they are responsible for Sven Mislitant's exit. There are a lot of factors we don't know outside the uh sitting outside the club and let's give ourselves the benefit of doubt
0: and you know uh there th- th- is one uh post from siddharth mehra by the way and guys siddharth mehra is a regular on sunday morning Live. he says imagine losing your collective minds over a scout leaving shit yeah, happens shit happens the club won't shut down because we don't have sven like Dortmund are doing just okay after he left bad yeah. timing bad move but move on ffs <laughs>
1: yeah we have to move on we have
0: to we have to and go seeing seeing the uh you know seeing the injury crisis and seeing the way the manager is adapting it's just been seven months uh, like ananyo said in one of our video episodes he said that it, we have to just bite the bullet make sure we wither this top for the next yeah. six months because we have to get to the end of the season and then assess because we are it's clear that we won't be getting funds that's yes. been that's become clear as Arsene said you will see
1: by the way this uh what's his name Belag. He, said yeah, that Balag. Blag, yeah. Yeah. he said that
0: in the summer we might have
1: a lot of more, a lot more money than Arsenal fans are imagining so fingers crossed bro because adidas deal news. comes in yeah, yeah the
0: adidas deal comes in the emirate stadium uh, sponsorship deal is there uh, you have uh, other commercial deals that might just spike up. Hope we, if we make it to the Champions League, that will be a yeah, cherry on top of the cake. Case. Yeah, yeah. Because more than the top six, we are, we are a club who needs actually the re- reinforcement. By the way, to yeah. challenge. So Arsenal versus Chelsea. bellerin off to a, in, off because of an injury. Uh, expected to be out six to nine months and uh, op- on top of that we've also discussed the Sven Misslinter situation well the pretty the other games were pretty much okay right but that brings us yeah. to crystal istanbul <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost a crystal well liverpool 4 um, crystal palace 3 um, do you think that they still can go on to win the Premier League. What did you see? What difference did you see from the Liverpool side now and the Liverpool side f- that succumbed to the 3-3 draw, that gave away the 3-3, 3-0 lead?
1: I think it's a mentality because Liverpool are clearly in a title race and they knew that if they drop points in Crystal Palace, the gap between them and Manchester City would reduce two uh, significantly. Point. Yeah, two so, points. And they also cope with without Trent Alexander-Arnold. They played James Milner at right-back who was stunned by the way by Louis uh, wilfred Zaha. I'm sorry, wilfred Zaha. Yeah. Beautiful uh, assist for the goal for Townsend. And yeah, and the the biggest thing about Liverpool is that they're getting results at the moment. Mm. They don't seem to look. Uh, they don't seem to look down after mm. going a goal down or you know trailing in the game. Mm. And even more so at Anfield because Anfield is literally a fortress for them. They haven't lost. Mm. At all in mm-hmm, 2018, mm-hmm. and I think their last defeat for the, was around 2016. I guess I was reading some stat, but it's incredible how good they are, they are at Anfield. Ah. And Mohamed Salah has back to the goal scoring form that he was last year. Correct. So, at, at the moment, injury wise, Liverpool look a bit shaky because their defense have started conceding goals the way that they were known for, but on the other hand, their attacking potential is now blossoming more. Which is making sure so that they are getting the results that they need to, you know, sustain this title challenge.
0: So, Liverpool are clearly still four points ahead. That gap, there's still a lot in to play for in the season. And we are just at the end of January. We still have the Champions League coming up next month. So, that the end of February might just determine how this title race goes ahead. Because yeah. Liverpool play United at the end of February and uh, we also have the manchester derby sometime yeah so clearly the manchester
1: city play arsenal and chelsea absolutely
0: and everybody. manchester city and arsenal with their away form we never know what might happen yeah. you you never know what arsenal might turn up the thing is
1: tottenham game. are losing players and arsenal know that if they can capitalize on their results and tottenham's bad form they can you know sneak into the third spot so let's see i think the manchester city arsenal game will be more tighter than everyone thinks let's see what
0: happens and Speaking of Tottenham, they, another Harry popped out of nowhere and scored that uh, Harry winner, wins. Harry Wings. Harry Kane's injured. Uh, Jungmin Sons on international duty, playing the Asia Cup. And Daily Ali suffered a hamstring. So, yeah. that rules him out until early March. So, do you think this the, the injuries are catching up with them? I mean, they were all boasting about how they are not signing and performing, mm. but... Seeing the depth of the season and seeing the the number of games you have to play in a season, I think it has caught up with them, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and the lack of signings in the summer transfer window window has started to come bite in their ass because now they are down to their bare bones, if I can say. With Delhi Ali out, Harry Kane out, Eubanks on in international duty. And they have to play players from their academy at the moment. Even Sissoko is injured, so yeah, I see a lot on dropping points now. Now they face Watford next at Wembley, and have a gut feeling that they might drop points in that game because their attacking potential has re- reduced you now significantly. They are dependent on Lucas Mora Who is out of form now After showing all you promise At the start of the season Even Eric Lamella Is hot and cold mm. Fernando Llorente Scores own goals Rather than goals <laughs> For Tottenham so Things don't look good For them And if Tottenham Achieve top for this season I think it's a massive Achievement for them
0: People actually bought Fernando Lorente After yeah. they knew Harry Kane was injured So um, uh, uh, What can I say Sarcastic kudos To all those FPL managers cool, cool, Lawrence, <laughs> <tap in. laughs> But but yeah But you are right But you are right And those are the facts That just might prove, you know, it's still early to say what can happen at the end of the yeah. season. And Super Manchester United have notched up seven wins uh, in seven. They yeah. have uh, won six in a row in the PL and they have on, are on level terms with Arsenal. So with Paul Pogba Rashford, uh, Rashford's form and finishing have been superb. Marshall's coming in. You have Lindelof, you have uh, the others stepping up. You they have a, they have a stable eleven now, I yeah. you can say. And Olegana Solshas faith is paying off. So he's given them the freedom and he's given them the backing which they were afraid to do under Mourinho. Yeah. And considering that the toxicity is out of the club, you can see that the route you can see that there's the the upward trajectory is there to be seen. Uh, well, people say that they had easy fixtures. But well, then I think it's just about coincidence that they sacked a manager and he took over. He knew the hierarchy at the club and yeah. he knows what it is to play for Manchester United. And then the fixtures are just in their favour. But they still beat Tottenham, by the way. Yeah. So that's something to highlight, which we will be building up in the later part of the episode. Mm. Well, um, Manchester City were comfortable winners over Huddersfield. And uh, Leroy Sané, Sterling all stepping up. So, that's a routine win for them, isn't it? They smell blood after that Liverpool Absolutely. win. And they're just on a roll. So, uh, anything that we are missing out on the Premier League uh, review Roles
1: part? Rolls 4-3 less.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. One more thrilling game that happened at the Molyneux. Yeah. And Nuno has been fined for that, it seems. Is it a yes. touchline ban for him?
1: I think he has been just, fi- uh, yeah, reported for his celebrations, but i
0: think it's pretty stupid yeah so a psv eindhoven so sorry i'm sorry not psv eindhoven wolves wolverhampton Wanderers. actually diego jota scoring a hat trick
1: yeah
0: and subro i have a pick in my phone which i'm going to open right now uh and this is a pick that shows the last hat trick in top flight for each premier league club Mm -hmm. so Seeing there, Diego Jota is the recent one, Wolves. I don't know when they scored last scored a hat trick, but uh, you can see Roberto Firmino against Arsenal, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> night to forget. Sergio Aguero against Huddersfield Town, Agu- uh, August 2008. When do you, do you know when was the last time an Arsenal player scored a hat trick? Uh, good
1: J- question.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll yeah, let's uh, let's rewind back to the last transfer window when we got Aubameyang and on debut, Aubameyang's debut. One Aaron man. Ramsey? Yeah, Aaron Ramsey. Correct. Yeah. Aaron Ramsey scored a hat-trick of goals and uh, Mkhitaryan had a hat- hat-trick of assists. That's one table to look out to. We'll be doing more, more of such content. Also, also. here's a quiz question for you. Yeah, <laughs> no. Remember the game in 2016? A tall, tall, hefty guy From West Ham (laughs) That's enough to say (laughs) I remember that game Leading 2-0 Going down 3-2 And then going back to 3-3 So it's been a cracking uh, Premier League weekend As I always say Every weekend is turning out As we reach the business end of the season Well we are also building up Supro to the FA Cup Mm -hmm. Which is in the uh, week But let's just quickly go on To the Carabao Cup Second legged do you fancy a Burton comeback? Oh, definitely.
1: Oh, definitely. <laughs> they are going to win ten and <laughs> nil. And Pep
0: Guardiola is going to get sacked. Nine nil. Nine is the lead. So it's City, pretty much City in the uh, Carabao Cup final. Let's go on to the second leg, where all the eyes are on, and it's Chelsea versus Tottenham at. Stamford Bridge. Well, yeah. seeing that seeing Chelsea lo- lose the uh, derby and then uh, Maurizio Sarri coming out in open and criticizing his players, do you think that's going to work? Or is it going to be, Sarri is going to be another uh, player, a manager, who's going to be off after criticizing his own players?
1: Yeah, I hope it works because the last thing Chelsea need is another sacking of their manager. And I think Maurizio Sarri was very right in criticizing his players because it didn't seem like the Chelsea of old where they used to come at Come at the away uh, away team's grounds, and yeah. he has to set back, absorb the pressure, and you know attack them on the counter, and they used to put in a good performance, they have to grind wow. out results. But this Chelsea team looked very soft for me, especially defensively. Koscielny was backed by five players, and yet he scored that goal. That completely sums up how bad Chelsea are defensively at the moment. And I and I think Chelsea might be a bit of favourites for this game because of Trotten's injuries, and because it's at Stamford Bridge, so Chelsea might want to. You know, prove the manager a bit wrong. They want to show that, yes, they do have the mentality to fight and challenge for, you know, winning trophies and everything. So,
0: let's see. Absolutely. And um, Tottenham have an injury crisis. Do you think that will impact Pochettino's selection? And do you think that will impact the result, by the way, in the second leg? It depends
1: on how Pochettino plays because I have never seen him playing Park Doppos in English football. So, maybe this is an opportunity for him to do that. Uh, and these uh, deeply, uh, the Tottenham team is uh, losing players by the minute at the moment, and you know they are deeply depleted. They are depleted completely in the midfield and the forward area. So I think Position has to order tactics for this game.
0: So currently, what happens is that uh, Chelsea are trailing le- by a goal. Anything can happen. Yeah. Spurs on their uh, uh, positive side haven't conceded an away goal. Which do, which works by the way? Does it work in the Carabao Cup? Or it it's up? I think it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does it because does. I think Arsenal um, had the nil nil at uh, Stamford Bridge last season, yeah. and then they had a two one win here. So they needed a two one and made made sure that it wasn't a draw. Otherwise, Chelsea would have been through on away. But anyway. That's Carabao Cup. I can fancy. I fancy. Uh, my my mind says it's going to be a Man City versus Tottenham final, mm-hmm. but my heart wants to see a Man City versus Chelsea final. <laughs> and both my mind and heart want to see Man City lift the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's about it from the Carabao Cup. And yeah. focusing to the game of the weekend. It's a Friday night game, by the way. For yeah. Indian viewers listening to us, is a Saturday morning game between Arsenal and Manchester United. So, pro, both teams getting enough rest, yeah. both teams on a streak, sort of one Man United on a streak. Yeah. Arsenal figuring out stuff to do. The very first question to you in this segment is, do you think Unai Emery should start the same 11? Obviously, Hector out, so AMN comes in. Do you think he should stick to the same formation?
1: Uh, it's a bit risky because Manchester United's five players are much better than Chelsea's at the moment. Uh, Marshall is definitely better than Villian and Rashford. Is more of a cold, threat, a cold threat than Pedro. So also have to be wary of the fact that by playing that formation, they are exposing to one v two situations in the wide areas. If Torreira comes, uh, Torreira and Ganduzi go in the wide areas to defend those spaces, then they're leaving spaces in the central area. So they have to decide whether they want to play with that formation. Obviously, with the current set of players that we have, this is a perfect system to play because it. Plays our two strikers. Mm. It plays Aaron Ramsey. Yep. And it can also fit in Mesut Ozil. Yep. Our four best players in the score. So, I think we should continue with this formation. But, yeah, if Unai Amiri wants to play a four-two-three-one 2 3 one or even a 3-5-2, then I can understand because he wants to, you know, make sure that he is not exposed out wide.
0: But Obamayang and Lacazette have to start, is it? Yeah, yeah they have. Uh, yeah. And uh, Aaron Ramsey has to start. Yeah. Mesut Ozil can come on. He should be on the bench. Maybe he
1: gets this game because it's a cup game and... Uh,
0: yeah no, who B, Evo B, for that matter should Iwobi be in the squad yeah he should be in the squad uh, but I he can come on right yeah, yeah, yeah that i think region. i think he should i think he should come on as a sub yeah with clear instructions in mind that seeing how the nature of I the i think game it depends is. on
1: the formation we play if we play a uh, diamond midfield then i don't think Iwobi B yeah, will correct. start but yeah. if we play a different formation then i think he will start
0: think. i'm i'm purely okay with zaka torera and Gundozi starting uh, the other two options are ruled out. Like, don't pair Gundozi yeah. with Torera and don't pair Gundozi with Zaka. Understand that all three are vital in their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know.
1: If uh, if I strictly speak, <laughs> uh, play overman and Lacazette up front, and play nine players. That's it. Because we need the synergy on the field. Absolutely,
0: and I hope Lacazette gets more yeah. time on the yeah, field. and in
1: the Premier League, we have scored like 48 goals. And yeah. And 22 goals have been scored by Lacazette and Obameyang. Absolutely. It's close to 50%. Absolutely. So, we, we, if there is a stat to prove that how important they are for us, Correct. that's the one.
0: And Lacazette, when not scoring, has assisted yang yeah. And uh, similarly, that has been, you know, replicated by yang So, yeah. those two are 113 million is proving to be so vital for us, by the way. So, pretty your predictions for this game. <laughs> and uh, guys, if you're listening, Supro's on the day feelings almost determine a lot of the result. By the way, so Supro, hmm. uh, the prediction is just a formality question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you predict?
1: You know, it's, it is difficult to you know think rationally about any prediction because it's Arsenal is Manchester United, and you know any intuition that comes to me it has to be a positive one because I want Arsenal to win this game. I want us to knock out Manchester United out of the FA Cup, uh, and more of all it's at the Emirates, uh, so it's an opportunity for us to get another home win against a big side. And I hope we win. we win that game. I predict 2-1 uh, result. Because our defence is not good at the moment. So, I think we will yeah. concede one goal. But I think we will outscore.
0: Uh, bold predictions. I also said that it's an Emirates. So, I fancy us a, uh, a yeah. win. And anything can happen in a cup. But seeing that, you know, uh, it's our chance of a trophy. I think we should go for it. Yeah, yeah. Having squandered the League Cup. Which I don't know. Even Man City would have been tough then. But anyway on to b- bigger and brighter things well Supro a couple of issues here mm-hmm. uh, in the footballing world is the marco bs spygate uh, thing yeah um, a few people are just blindly saying is illegal that man's put in 300 more than 300 400 hours of work mm-hmm. and it's totally legal i suppose yeah. to spy your opponents obviously yeah. you're studying them so, uh, your take a small your small take on Mar- Marcelo Bielsa. Obviously, with I can put it in one line. I can't wait for to for him to manage in the Premier League yeah, next neither season. Can I, neither can I. Yeah.
1: And you know, uh, even fans watch training sessions when they are outside the training field. And if that's not a if that's not spying, then why is Marcelo Bielsa's uh, management te- one of the manage- one of the members of the management team going out there and watching its a training session of Derby County is fine because Marcelo Bielsa has already prepared for the game. Ah, uh, yeah. All he is doing is confirming whether you know Derby County are playing the exact same formation or not. Which is just fine, I guess, because I don't think that impacts the game. And that he's much. paid for that, isn't it? Yeah, He's exactly. paid for that,
0: and he's paid for results, and which he got. By the way, they beat mm-hmm. Ravi two-nil. Yeah. So uh, th- that's if the amount of hours he spent studying mm-hmm. opponents, if he had to make a presentation to all the clubs, they mm-hmm. would, everyone would want to hire such a manager who is so particular about his work and exactly. in the age of tactics where you know each and every small detail matters mm. he's doing what is asked for so I guess that's not, not, there's nothing wrong and if the main committee the football association hasn't uh, called it illegal I think people should just stop getting on his back and just applaud the good work that he's doing because I am sure you want your manager also to put in that much work yeah so, uh, a sad news popped up on Twitter last night. Emiliano Sala, who was on his way to Cardiff. Their record signing, is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, from Nantes. And uh, he complained on his on his round trip, I think he complained that the journey wasn't safe or something like that. Is It's so unfortunate, right? It's so unfortunate. I mean, it was Cardiff's record signing. And couldn't they have just sent a private jet for him? These things are proving to be so concerning, by the way. Yeah. And it's so sad seeing that everyone's praying for him. I'm. Very, uh, let's extend our prayers, by the way, everyone. And uh, it's such a sad situation. I hope something positive comes out. Although in the back of the mind, I feel that there's not so much good news coming from this one. Yeah. Uh, what do you feel? Do you feel... There are yeah, still we are chances.
1: Ex- we are all expecting the worst, but we want to hear some positive news from this tragic story. And this is not the first time we are hearing uh, another t- a- air accident hmm. this season. And yeah, I- even I read some reports that he was very concerned about the plane that he was flying onto, and he said to his family members that if they, you don't, if he doesn't contact them after one and a half hours, then they should presume that he's dead because that flight was very bumpy and he was fearing for his life so
0: i read somewhere on the uh on the great french football news uh, twitter hmm. saying that the flight needed three or four turns yeah. to take off and that's clearly a red flag how don't you abandon such flights like exactly. if you are taking three or four t- times to actually take off it means that there's something wrong yeah. and that's clearly a red flag exactly. I've, I've spoken to a few people who are in uh the airline industry and uh, who are close to this, and they said that it's clearly a red flag. Such flights should not be allowed to take off. Exactly. So that's clearly a case of mismanagement, and um, yeah, right. uh, they've taken it so casually. And it's uh, f- being the money that people yeah. are paid for their jobs, and then they do such shit. Uh, someone's family could be devastated.
1: Yeah, and as a result, three young men have lost their lives. and This is really
0: sad. Um, so, guys, a review on the weekend Premier League weekend. Make sure. Uh, that you uh, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Our subscribers have gone spiked up and make sure that you check out our YouTube channel because we are on a roll. Episode 25 has been a very fun episode as usual. We've spent a lot of time taking out some of the facts there and you might want to as well as check and listen to them. So we are also available on 11 platforms including Google and Apple Podcasts and you make sure to check out check us out there don't forget we are putting out video content every two days now so there's a lot to expect from the panenka view well that's your host prasad budkar and co-host Supratim gupta signing out
1: bye bye